You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. I am so excited to tell you about my new CBD sponsor, Roadrunner. Y'all know I love my old CBD sponsor, and I switched for one main reason. This stuff works. I've been a runner my whole life, but unfortunately, I'm also super easily injured. One of my high school friends used to call me Mr. Glass. And back in 2015, when I ran my first half marathon, I got hurt, like really hurt. And since then, I haven't been able to run more than three or four miles without serious pain. That is until I tried Roadrunner CBD's Muscle Gel. In a few short months, I'm regularly running five and a half to six miles each outing, and I'm currently training for my next half marathon. I don't want to call it a miracle cure, but it's damn near close. So check it out at my personal Roadrunner link, which is roadrunnercbd.com slash ref slash CYS. Again, that's roadrunnercbd.com slash ref slash CYS, or at the link in my show notes or on my podcast website, and use the code CYS at checkout to get 10% off on all of their awesome products. Check it out today. This week on the Choose Your Struggle podcast, it's Ray Basie, but first, Kid Mental, let me hear you. Things ain't always gonna go our way, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And some battles will be yesterday, but today is for a new beginning. Choose your struggle, and don't worry about what they say, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And you can bounce back, yes, that's right. Come on in, listening to Choose Your Struggle. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. So incredible to be with you all. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Cynthia on Friday and the special episode with Nikhil Paul on Monday. I, I, I mean, that was, a, that was a good couple of days for the podcast and, and the numbers showed that people really liked both of those episodes. I am going to try to do more of those conversations with Nikhil and, and, and then from last week with Jay. I mean, those are fun. They're not, um, you know, they're, they're, they're opportunities to do something a little different. I want to do more video, put it out on other places. And, uh, you know, this week obviously was the kickoff of a day in the life. So that'll be happening more as well as next week. I mean, coming up on Wednesday is Rock Bottom 2 with some incredible storytellers. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for more things coming from Choose Your Struggle because I'm enjoying this. I'm getting settled in Philadelphia, going to be doing a lot more. Hopefully the world starts opening up again in the next couple months and towards the end of the world, (laughs) towards the end of the world. I mean, that is possible, but towards the end of the year and I can be doing more in person uh, if you're in Philly, keep your ears open for that. And look, if you have ideas, if you have interest, like, hey, this could be cool, I'm always open to suggestions. I would love to hear from you. This intro is going to be shorter. Um, I'm actually recording this and then recording Monday's episode, which is going to be a much longer conversation about a lot of things that are happening right now. So going to keep this shorter. Not a lot of announcements this week, um, which is good. I mean, things are sort of getting back to normal for me work-wise after the disruption of moving 
um, you know, I'm still trying to get more people booked because I, I, I took a pause uh, on, on scheduling people because I wasn't in a space to record, like literally physically was not in a space to record, but now I am. So, you know, definitely working on getting that back up and going to keep these incredible episodes coming for you. There's some good episodes coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm working with some people right now to get them scheduled. Some people that um, I really love and I can already tell you the conversations are going to be unreal. Uh, so, so definitely keep, uh, keep, keep here, stay tuned. If you're not subscribed, if this was sent to you, just hit follow or whatever it is that it says on your, your app, you know, some say follow, some say subscribe. Uh, this week's episode is with someone that you have heard before because I released it as a special episode. Uh, that was, I was on her show called Don't Be a Man About It with Rehef or also known as Ray Kobisi. You heard this when I put out her episode and now here she is as a guest on my podcast she's a delight um you know she's one of those people that it's it's sort of amazing we got connected because she lives so far away uh in the UAE and you know the 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 fact that we got connected we've now been on each other's podcast we we chat every couple of weeks sort of bouncing ideas off each other you know, she's someone I would love to have for a rock bottom or, or day in the life. Probably not going to happen because of time difference. Although I guess I could record something with her and put it out. Um, but anyway, the fact is she's an awesome person doing really cool work with a very different life than mine in a lot of ways. But also, as you'll hear, we have a lot of overlapping experiences. And I think that's really meaningful. And it, and it's, it shines a light on how ridiculous a lot of these divisions are like, oh, you know, she's from over there and I'm from, uh, we have very similar experiences. So definitely enjoy this episode and uh, keep responding. I've gotten some really nice notes lately from people about the show. Uh, and, and I love it. I, I, I do. I mean, you know, it's, a, it's hard work doing a lot of this work. Um, as I said in last week's episode, going through kind of a change right now about what my work's going to look like moving forward. And hearing those is, <laughs> I appreciate it. So please, please keep them coming. Reach out on social media. Oh, I forgot to say this last week. The uh, Roadrunner giveaway is still going. There's a couple more weeks in that. So again, follow me on all social media. Follow me on a social media and then send me a note and be like, hey, here are the other ones I'm going to follow you on. I don't have these. That's fine. All you have to do is follow me on at least a couple social media places and then reach out. It's very easy and you'll be entered to win. And I'll tell you, there's not that many people entered right now. I mean, there's there's some. It's not It's not like whoever does this is going to win. There are some. That being said, there aren't that many. And so you have a pretty good chance to win a Roadrunner product. Uh, and Kyle is very excited about this. And Roadrunner is obviously, you know, I love them and, and their their work. So definitely do that. Reach out and enjoy this episode. Nobody knows your mission better than you. But sometimes you need someone to help you move the ball downfield. Whether by telling your story a little bit better, creating a fundraising strategy, engaging stakeholders, or improving culture. That's where I come in. I'll bring a combined decade's worth of experience in nonprofits, consulting, and politics to help your organization reach the next level. I practice an internal growth model, which means I work with your team to make strategic improvements using your existing strengths. So if you're ready to take that next step, reach out. You can find me at my website, jshiftman.com, and I can't wait to hear from you. 
Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review or check out the review link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So my name is Rahaf Raif Kubesi, known as Ray, and the founder of Razor Mental Health. It's to raise awareness on mental health and everything related to it. And I focus on men's mental health specifically. So you and I got connected when you reached out over LinkedIn because you you do what I do. And I've had plenty of people come on this show to be like the reason I said yes to being on this podcast that I, I didn't know anything about was that you reached out and like, you were a real person and you were like, let's talk about this. I'm really interested in that, you know, and, and that's not always the case on LinkedIn. And so I really appreciate when other people do that. Cause I get, <laughs> as I'm sure yeah. you do so uh-huh. many pitches and yeah. so many BS messages that when I get one, that's actually real, it's refreshing. And, and that was what you did when you reached out to me. hundred percent. Thank you. For, for highlighting this. Uh, Jay, I love personalized stuff. So I'm very old school when it comes to doing things in terms of if I want to give you a gift, there has to be a handwritten note. If I want to, I don't know, check in with you, it has to be with a voice note or singing or whatever. Because at the end of the day, business talking, whether it was business or personal, if you do not add some heart into it, and you know my story with the heart, then it doesn't really add value and it won't we won't be connected um so linkedin yes it is a professional network but no one said that i can't send a voice note no one said that i can't use emojis in my conversations no one said that i cannot throw a joke every now and then yes (laughs) but we are humans and some people tend to forget that and um i get a lot of messages like the other day i got a message hi rahab kabasi how are you so i see you are in the marketing industry and i was like no i'm not like, did you, did you check my profile? So um, I, I tend to reach out to people the same way I would love to be reached out to. And and you do it very well. Uh, yes, you know, for, for those listening, uh, you know, you and I talk by WhatsApp because you are not, you're not in the, U, the U.S. And, you know, you, you're not blowing smoke that all of a sudden I'll wake up, you know, to a, a, 30 second or 45 second voice uh, message from you. Just, Hey, thinking of you, hope you're having a wonderful day. And like, those are super nice. And and you're one of the few people I know who, who does that, who, who, you know, doesn't just text, but actually likes to, to have that personal touch. I do. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I mentioned this, but you're not in the U S no, I'm, I'm based in Dubai. It's been um, almost six years. And, but you're not from here, uh, from there. So I think this is the great opportunity to tell your, you know, your story. And I can, like I said, can be the 30 second or the, you know, couple of minute version. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So (laughs) I'm Lebanese. I was born in Qatar, raised in Dubai until I was 13 to 14 years old. And then um, my father's business went down the hill. So we had to go back to Beirut. I spent there almost 13, another 13, 14 years uh, where finished college, finished university, uh, got heartbroken, did my first job and all of that. And then I just decided to come back to Dubai. So that's, I think, the 32nd version. Um, (laughs) But of course, um, whenever someone, for example, speaking of nationality, the other day someone was, was insisting on knowing where I am from or else we wouldn't be having a business conversation. And then I was like, 
why would that matter to you? He was like, you look, I'm not going to say which nationality, but you look this and you look that. So I'm confused between both. I was like, how would that be relevant to having a training program? So, um, but I do consider my home is here in Dubai. It has welcomed me since I was a kid. It has given me a lot of opportunities. This is when Razor Mental Health gave birth. So, um, so yeah, I'm based in Dubai. Well, I, yes. So first off, that sucks that happened. I mean, I, I can't imagine as a white guy, I could be from anywhere. So uh, I don't get that. Um, my wife tells horror stories like that as a woman with brown skin where she gets people who ask her, where are you from? And she's like, oh, I was born in you know, South Carolina. They're like, no, 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 no. But where are you from? And she's yeah, like, are yeah, you, you're asking what nationality am I, right? I mean, what nationality, it, it, what religion, which sector, who do you follow? Who do you lead? I was like, but this is when you think about it, this is all about the mindsets that we have been collectively transmitting into one generation to the other, one generation to the other. And no one has the, or I don't wanna say audacity, but no one has maybe the experience or the knowledge to break that pattern. And that applies to literally everything, um, business, personal, mental health, even issues and all the stigmas that we will discuss later on. But it's all about the mindset and having the, um, the balls to break the pattern. So <laughs> no one does that, rarely. It's true. And not only that, but I think that there's like, that's a lot about what you do or my knowledge of your work is that, you know, so you kind of ask the question of why not a lot, you know, why can't we talk about this? Why, you know, why can't we do this? And, and it's really interesting as a woman who has dedicated herself to forcing men to talk about it, you know, you have to have, you have to have the biggest balls in the room, right. To, to, to be that person. I hear that a lot. So yes. Um, <laughs> well, you know, where it's coming from, it's coming from a lot of don't do that. Or what, what would people say if you do, or if you say that? So I come from a background where I was always judged, always shamed, always belittled because I've left the house at the very young age to, to just start on with my journey. So I got a lot of comments from society, from neighbors, from even family. Um, you're a woman, why would you do that? Why wouldn't I? So that's when it came from, like, I, I don't get it. What's the logic behind it? Um, so now I do the same, as you said, with my clients. So, but I'm a man. So what? You're a human being. So you have the birthright to be sad, to be nervous, to be anxious, to be depressed, to, to be confused of, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. You have the right to, to be that person and we find a solution. I always, now I'm learning how to be an expert with men's language. And because men are naturally born to be problem solvers. So I go into the perspective of, okay, so let's pretend, let's play a game. Sadness, your sadness or your feelings, your emotions, whatever it is, is a problem. So let's imagine your brain is your company or your office and your sadness and your emotions or your overthinking is a problem, is a crisis. What would you do? <laughs> so by just speaking that language, the man would be more comfortable. Like, yeah, you know, you're right. What can I do about it? Start with talking. 
let's talk, talk it out. Because the more you talk, the more I could get insights of where is the problem and how can I help you? What are your stressors? You would be surprised, Jay, that most of the problems that men are going to, whether it was sadness or depression or anxiety or even suicidal thoughts are coming from one source that could be, I don't want to say easily, but could be simply dealt with in a healthy way where it could be a family member who is very critical, whether it was the dad or the mom or the wife. I say here the wife because I work mostly with men uh, or the work environment where his maybe superiors don't want him to be successful. They don't want him to uh, be acknowledged or recognized. Imagine having to live that routine for years, of course, things are going to pile up. Of course, you're going to be fed up. Of course, you're going to just not want to get out of bed because fuck this shit. But you know what I mean? So simple things, simple changes, but it all, again, it all starts with just talking about it. A hundred percent. And a lot of times you make such a great point that a lot of times the, the, the work we do to try to not deal with something is 10 times more exerting than just dealing with the thing. Right. And that can be because we're scared of, of making a change that can be because we're so defeated that we don't feel it's possible. But as you so perfectly said, if you put even a, a piece of that energy that you're taking to not deal with it towards dealing with it, that problem's going to be solved. Yes. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know, if someone's thinking, okay, but but this incredibly thoughtful person, like, why is she specifically dedicated to men's mental health? Like, you have a personal connection there, and I know you told me before we started that you're so bored of telling this story, but it's a <laughs> it's a good like you do have an incredible personal connection to men's mental health. True, true. Um, well, in 2010, I lost my dad to suicide. He died by suicide. He was found in his apartment, hanged. And I was his best friend. And I, I don't want to say best friend, but I was very, very, very close to my dad. And in my head, as a 23-year-old girl, my dad's just having a bad day. My dad, um, maybe he's, he just misses his family. That's why he keeps on saying that things are going to be okay or I'm, or I'm not well, whatever. I wasn't able to read the signs or the symptoms. So for me, it was just a bad day. And then a, it just a bad day became months and years and no one paid attention. So that suicide was my wake up call where it, not a wake up call, it was just a sign for me to pay attention that, wow, something is wrong with us as a culture, as a community, as a society, and something is wrong with men, why? So at the beginning it was, if he didn't trust me, why would he share other secrets with me? Whether it was the finances or relationships, why would I be so comfortable to go tell my dad about my first kiss? So there is trust, what is it? So I, I did a lot of research and thinking and observing and stuff. And then I observed, Jay, that in Lebanon or in the Middle East, men do not talk about their emotions, let alone their, um, sorry, they do not talk about their problems, let alone their emotions. So how is your day? It was good. Okay. <laughs> Anything special about your day? No, the usual. Okay. 
the problem is that we take that as an answer. Oh, okay, cool. What do you want to do tonight? It's how you, you, you ask your questions without making that man feel that he's being interviewed or interrogated. It's just having a conversation. We, did, we do not know how to start a conversation. We do not know how to have a very, let's say, so if someone is depressed, we don't know what to say and we don't know what to do. So our mind tells us, just don't do or say anything. Just act like it's normal. That what happened. Um, my dad did not get the support system, did not get the attention, did not get the anything that would make him maybe give him this 1% hope. And you and I, we know that every person who has suicidal thoughts, there's this 1% hope. He didn't even have that because to hang yourself means you've given up completely. You've planned it and you've just, you know, you're going for it. So I decided after I've done my healing and my therapy and my self-improvement and all of that, and God, it took years. It took me years to, to just be that person. I decided to be what I couldn't be for my dad. I wanted to save other girls' dads. So that's how it started at the beginning. I don't want any girl to, to, to go through the pain that I went through because gosh, it's so painful. So that's where it came from. And then I was like, wait, I could work with girls like daughters to make them see the signs, see the symptoms. It could be a dad, it could be a husband, it could be a brother. And then I was like, wait a second, I could go more, much more than that. So that's how it started. And that's why it, it really, really breaks my heart. It's physically painful for me when I see a man who I know for a fact is not feeling well and their surroundings just can't see it. And I would be a freak or creepy if I would go to their table, like, hey, dude, <laughs> you, you need to take care of yourself. So that's why when I do what I do, and I focus not only on coaching or training, but raising awareness, like people, these are the signs. Um, so it's very personal to me. And this gave me a lot of heart into it that laid, I got you. Um, you are safe or you are heard, you are seen. I've, I've worked with a lot of men who meant a lot to them that someone is seeing them. Just that. Really? Like, really? Does it have to be that hard? Does it have to be? Do we really have to be talking in 2021 about being kind, being compassionate, being empathetic, being a human? So that's that's the whole thing about it well it, it is sad that we do have to be having those conversations and and you know your advocacy work is very uh cool you 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 know not that long after we connected you did a whole thing was it the the 10-year anniversary of your father was that what, what you were honoring yeah, yeah. i um you remember <laughs> of course i i donated to your to your thing it was a very cool campaign yeah. Thank you. So it was for his birthday. Um, we did, my friends and I decided to do a campaign to raise awareness on men's mental health in dedication to my dad's uh, soul birthday. So um, that was, yes, last November. 
we did some community activities, like we made people to come to run and cycle, let's go hiking, let's go do this cool stuff. But at the same time, just give me 10 minutes so to tell you why does it matter to take care of yourselves? Uh, how mental health and physical health are related? How could you do that? And what happened to my dad? I don't want it to happen to you. And in parallel, we were also supporting an initiative that, um, that provides clean water for, for underprivileged families. So we ended up helping 51 families and also like four men maybe or five reached out that I'm so sorry to hear about your dad, but for some reason I could resonate with most of the things that you said. I was like, let's, let's talk. Yeah. So yes, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that it happened last year. Uh, it's the first time that I do such a thing. Um, usually I do it um, subtle, in a subtle way, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see the the amount of people who literally just showed up to to celebrate my dad's birthday and at the same time to save someone's life, whether they know it or not. So it was beautiful. Well, as I said, it resonated all the way over here. You know, I, I was so moved by it that I, I donated to the water campaign. So uh, it was very, very cool. And I always love uh you know, there, there is a level of, as you said, healing and, and sitting with these experiences. And then for a lot of people, that's all it is. And that's definitely okay. Just that part is enough. But the people like you who are able to then turn that into something that is beautiful and helps other people, like that is such a special thing and such a rare thing that I, I never say no to those sorts of things. When I saw you were doing that, I was very happy to support Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. It means a lot. Thank you so much. So before we actually get into all of your actual work and talk about what that looks like, let's stop and shout out where people can follow you online and check you out and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So people can find me on Instagram uh, at Raise Your Mental Health, Raise with a Y, um, LinkedIn, Rahaf Kabasi. Um, these two platforms are the most uh, platforms that I'm um, active on. So LinkedIn, Rahab Kabasi, Instagram, Razor Mental Health. And I also have a podcast. You are my beautiful guest. Uh, <laughs> don't be a man about it. It's on Apple, uh, Google, and Spotify. And it's a great podcast. It is one of those ones that, uh, you know, I go on a lot. I was on 70-something last year, and maybe five I still listen to and yours is definitely one of them because it's actually a good podcast. Yeah, so I, I not only appreciated getting to go on, but as my listeners know, I released it as a special episode here and now here you are. So definitely check out Don't Be a Man About It. Y'all know I love to read and almost every episode of this podcast includes a recommendation to check out an awesome book. From Adi Jaffe's Abstinence Myth to Johan Ari's Chasing the Scream, I'm constantly looking for new books to learn from and enjoy. That's why I'm super excited to partner with Bookshop. Bookshop is a wonderful website that helps you find all your favorite books and support your local neighborhood bookstore in the process. I've bought everything from textbooks to Star Wars novels on Bookshop, and I've supported my local store with each transaction. Best of all, my Bookshop link will allow you to see all the books I've mentioned on the show right in one spot. So check out Bookshop today using the link in my show notes or go to bookshop.org shop C-Y-S and you'll find all the awesome books you want and support the podcast in the process. 
check it out today. Subscribe to my Patreon for behind-the-scenes looks at the podcast, sneak peeks, and bonus data. You'll also get a discount on Choose Your Struggle merch. Find it at patreon.com slash choose your struggle. So let's actually talk about your work because, as I said before, you know, there is a a level of people who go through a traumatic experience like yours. And then, you know, that's that's it. That's all they're able to do. And that's fine. But then there's that very extreme minority who then turn that into something, which is what you've done. So, so talk about that journey a little bit. You know, you kind of touched on that, but what was it actually like going, all right, I'm going to do all this. That's your big dream. But like, what did that actually look like starting this work and, 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 and you know, taking it to where you are today? So I'm going to start from the very beginning when Let's I had no idea how to do it. I want to be someone that people go to when they have a mental health issue in terms of mindset. Um, so that's the distinction that I want to make here. Yes, I raise awareness and I help to the maximum, but I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm someone who works with mindsets and energies and I have my own way of making people feel better and be better and heal in, in a technique that I, I'll let you know about it. So at the beginning, I was like, okay. So I quit my job. I used to be a corporate employee, uh, suits and all of that, nine to five. But I was working with a micromanager and I was working with someone who, when you ask him to get one day off to take care of your mental health, he would think you're a lunatic. So he fires you. Uh, he wouldn't recognize you. So that manager basically made me think that, wait a second, I'm this close to to have a burnout. Um, so I quit my job and I was like, I'm done, I'm done. So it took me, Jay, like, I don't know, five to six months of planning and thinking and visualizing. Okay, so I want to help companies to have is a healthier environment where it's it really focuses on the well-being part and to see the relation between having a healthy working environment and profitability and productivity. But at the same time, I work with individuals who could be in my dad's shoes or just are stressed or anxious. How do I do that? And I'm not sure if I ever said that, but I was drunk. And I was sitting with my friend, she's also drunk. And I was like, what do I do? Just tell me, how, how can I just make people understand? She was like, girl, you've got the story and you've got the skills, just be a coach. And I was like, huh, what? <laughs> he was like, you're coaching us already. We come to you so you could listen to us and tell us what to do. And you have this amazing, skill that you don't actually tell us what to do, but you do in a way that is not really, um, uh, you don't impose it on us. So just do what it has to do. If there's a certificate for that, I'll pay it for you. Just do it. <laughs> and it, it sounded like a great idea. So you, yeah, that what happened. The next morning I was just checking out the, um, the, the skills that I need to actually just, because at the end of the day, I am not a business coach. And I'm not someone who would help you reach your fitness goals. I am dealing with anxieties. I'm dealing with stress. 
So it's a responsibility. Yes, I do have my story and it gives me a lot of credibility, but I also have to be very aware of the skills or the techniques because you know that what works for you doesn't have necess- doesn't have to work with for me as well. So I wanted to learn more about the human behavior, the psychology, the mental health, all of that. So I spent a lot of time studying that's all I did. I studied a lot. And then I started practicing what I'm studying with friends or with people I've worked with before. Um, slowly but surely, my business just started growing. And I started working with my um, the people that I want to work with, which are business leaders. So now I work with CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners, um, chairmen, managing directors, all of those C-suite level people on transforming their mindsets, on learning the language, how to express themselves when they are frustrated, how to say that I'm not okay without hurting their ego, which is something else that I would love to just make men understand that it's not about the ego, but it's a good start anyway. So I work with them on giving them the skills. So one, I give them the space. I hold the space for them to talk and to express themselves knowing that it's confidential. After they do that, I work with them on having the skills and the tool set to manage their anxiety, to manage their stress, to transform their mindset. There are a lot of overthinkers out there. So I work with them closely to turn that self-critique voice into a self-compassionate one. How can you be compassionate with yourself? Uh, That's what I do with them, let's say from six months to a year max. And after that transformation happens, you cannot imagine the joy in my heart and theirs, like, oh my God, I did it. And it's always, what I say is, it always begins by just looking at two things, just very simple two things. One, what are your habits? What do you do when you wake up? What do you do before you sleep? Who do you talk to during the day? And the second thing, who are the most top five or top six people that you spend your time with. I used to spend time, a lot of time with people who only want to go out for shisha and drinks and they don't want to discuss anything else but nails and hair and, and, and makeup and Botox and fillers. And I was like, Jesus, fine. <laughs> Let's discuss something else. Talk to me business, talk to me future, talk to me money, talk to me about anything. But so I, I kind of became one of them. And then I was, choop, I, I took myself out of it. And once I did that, I became a better person. And when I say better person, it works for me. I am not that kind of person. It was draining my energy. It was draining my creativity and my imagination. And it also affects your pro- productivity at work or creativity at work or your communication. So who are you spending most of your time with? And people would say, why would it matter? It would matter because most of the words that we use with ourselves for example i'm stupid i'm silly i'm not good enough oh god i screwed this up where is that coming from if you look closely it's coming from people you spend your time with it could be a colleague it could be a manager it could be a wife it could be a sister it could be a neighbor you don't know where you're getting that from and your mind saves it it's like a computer, it saves it, or it's like our phones when it saves what we, you know, what we talk about. So it gives you that ad. Our mind is the same. So 
when I work with them just on these two things, you cannot imagine the magic that happens. There's no, I don't want to say there's no stress anymore. There is stress and sometimes it's a positive thing, but they would know what to do with it. How to set boundaries, how to say no when they feel like it without having to say, but Ray, what would happen if I don't know what? And then was like, okay, so let me give you an example. What if I fail? All right, what if I succeed? They would just look at me like this. It it gives me the face that they didn't even go there. They didn't even think of what if I succeed. So that's what I work. I I feel like I'm talking too much, but that's what I work. What I work with them on mindsets, uh, meditate, not meditation, mindfulness techniques, mm-hmm. uh, cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, uh, because all of that just focuses on working up there that aligns you with your heart, your soul, and they combine together to tell you, all right, dude, we have your back. And there is a, a, a certain level of authenticity that comes with what you do and, and who you are that goes beyond just uh, your story, just your, your education, you know, from, again, going back to that the celebration of your of your father to you know just what you post on social media this isn't you're not one of those people that turns this off right i mean this isn't this isn't a kind of thing where like you were saying before with your nine to five it's like you're done you're gonna go home and kick back like yeah you might be doing that but you're still living this this i these ideas in this life you know you practice this stuff yourself the same way i do and that that level of authenticity shines through i'm so glad you brought this up first of all thank you so much authenticity is I have two words that are always mine, authenticity and gratitude. <laughs> yes, so I, I, I have been advocating for mental health even before my dad died. So because, but I did not know that it has a term. I did not know that, oh my God, this is called mental health. But I've always been doing these um, paying it forward campaigns, for example. I want to pay it forward to someone. And until now, there's a coffee shop that I go to almost every week where I would pay for two coffees, one for me and one for whoever's coming after me. And they would look at me, are you, are, are you okay? I was like, yeah, just ask that guy or that lady to have a nice day and to pay it forward as well. So now it became a habit. Authenticity is very important for me because I have dealt with a lot of what we call professionals, but when you work with them or when you even have a conversation with them, you would know that, oh my God, this is purely commercial for them. They saw a trend and they're just following it because it could be a moneymaker. No, I don't want that. And I don't want to be that person. I think we had that conversation, me and you, and I told you, Jay, I don't want to be a commercial coach. I had the opportunity to be that, but I don't want to. So now I'm just getting my clients out of word of mouth, of referrals. Yes, I post a lot of content on social media, but I do not, my action, uh, call to action is always just share your thoughts, share your comments, never DM me for more details. Or if you're looking for some coach to work with you to be that person it's not wrong good for you if you're doing that and good for you if you're making money out of it but I just want people to get into my account and get something out of it why why do people or coaches or professionals 
hold back from sharing techniques or, or uh, tools that could help people on, in their daily lives. For example, there's someone I unfollowed a while back. If you're having anxiety, if you're having stress, DM me and I'll tell you what to do. No, tell them what to do now. <laughs> You know what I mean? So why, why are you being so stingy of yeah. about helping people? So that tells me you're really not genuine about helping people. It's just a business for you. I don't want to be that person. And I don't want to be dealing with people like that. It would literally make me feel uncomfortable to see that that person is trying to take advantage of my pain. That's why I, I'm doing my best. We have to make money at the end of the day, but I would rather get the clients or the business out of word of mouth to say, for example, you would go to someone and say, oh my God, this girl, she does an amazing job with this and this and this. You have to have a conversation with her. That's much more valuable to me than just me having a sponsored ad and tell people to work with me, if it's making any sense. Yeah. I I completely agree. I you know that yes that that it makes a lot of sense and and in the the business that the, the line of work that we do there are plenty of people doing it that way that I think that when you don't do that such a commercial spin on this work it shines through and the authenticity is one of the first things that that you see you know, and it does make it harder sometimes to to put a dollar amount or, or to bring in that that money. But I'm with you, I would rather work with people who are really about this or, or you know, turn away people that aren't a good fit, than then work with those that, that aren't are not a in, in line with what I'm trying to do. 100%. Yes, 100%. So before we go to our final questions, let's stop again. And one more time, if people are really putting, you know, picking up what you're putting down and are super interested in learning more, where can they find you? Where can they reach out? Okay. So um, as I mentioned, LinkedIn, Rahaf Kabasi, uh, Instagram, Razor Mental Health. And my email is raise, uh, Rahaf at Razor Mental Health. Um, that's where they could find what I do on a constant, continuous basis where I, um, share my, my programs or my, um, upcoming events. Um, I would say LinkedIn, I would say LinkedIn, that's where people, you know, we're getting rehab for an event. We're getting rehab for this. Um, so that's where they can find me, but if they want to have a direct conversation with me, send me an email to rehab at tracermentalhealth.com. And check out Don't Be a Man About It, which is a oh, wonderful yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you um, all right. So I always finish with the final, the same questions. Number one is not just during the, the last year you know, and a half now, but uh, before COVID even, what are the, the, the self-care uh, tips that work for you? Oh, okay. You're talking about raise self-care or just for people they're different Just yours the, the what, what works for you yeah ah, so mine would always be a bubble bath with a cup with a glass of wine and you wonderful know, scented candle light music sometimes something to watch that would be always my go-to self-care um and then what comes next is really depending on my mood i don't know if this would resonate with you but it depends like i would ask myself okay what do i need right now 
So sometimes it could show up like just going for a walk. It could show up for a good cry. It could show up like coloring. I love, I, I realize that I love coloring when I'm stressed, but it really depends. So bubble bath, um, going for a movement, let's put it that way, movement. So it could be dancing, it could be walking, it could be doing some yoga, it could be sleeping, crying, whatever that is. But it also depends on what do I need right now? I always ask myself, okay, Ray, what do you need? Sometimes it's ice cream. Sometimes it's having a call with you or someone, or sometimes just a cup of coffee on the balcony, no phone, no laptop, nothing. I just wanna sit in silence. Um, so that would be it. What do, what do I need? And I give myself that. <laughs> that so wonderful. I've had, you know, from now on going on over 80 episodes of this, I've had everything said from making soap to self-love to, you know, I, the whole spectrum. This is the first time someone has said bubble bath. So, so nice work. You are the first one with that. That's wonderful. <laughs> Um, all right. So, so last question is, you know, we've now spent the last 40 minutes or so learning why we should follow you, why you're doing amazing work and, and, and you're incredible, but who are some people that you are reading, watching, listening to, following on social media that we should all go check out? Wow. Yes. So I'm bad at names. So I literally have to check out my, um, my 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 Instagram to do that, but there's this guy. Let me show you who is he. I recently followed him, and I was amazed by how much he's adding value on mental health and personal development. Yes, so his name is Jordan Peterson. Go follow his account, and oh my God, the value that you would find in his account, the way he speaks of um, mental health. And there is also, just give me a second. I'm so sorry, but I'm Dory. So there's a basketball player that could be surprising for you, but his name is Kevin Love. And yes. Kevin, so Kevin Love is one of the people who I also, that would sound weird, but it's like, I always want to check in on him to see what is his, what is he posting these days? Because he has struggled with depression and he came out and spoke about it. So he's one of the guys that I just wanna make sure he's he's okay because I know that I, not now, maybe one day I would have him on my show, but he's one of those men that I feel that people are having a misunderstanding uh, of who he really is. They just see the success, they just see the fame, they just see the money and the, the, the wife, and but they don't really see how in pain he is. Um, so these two people, I just, keep an eye on them <laughs> social on social media. But when it comes to feeding my mind, it also depends what I'm focusing on. So these days I'm more into psychology and human behavior. So I'm just reading books on that. Wonderful. Well, right. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's always delightful chatting with you. And I know that thank my you. listeners are going to love this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, anything for you, Jay, um, you're one of the very few guests that I really connected with and I keep in touch with. So I appreciate you and um, thank you so much for being and existing. Um, what else? Yes, that's basically it. I hope that one day we get to have a conversation face to face. Yes, or share a stage. That would be wonderful. Wow, that would be amazing. That would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> All right, sponsors, do your job. <laughs> <laughs> 
find me on social media. Check the link in the show notes or search for me, Jay Schiffman, on YouTube and LinkedIn, and choose your struggle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, we've come to the end of another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's always great to be here with you all. Thank you to Ray for that awesome conversation. She was fantastic, as expected. She is uh, just doing fantastic work, and I really enjoy our connection and you know the way that we get to learn from each other because we do a lot of that. So we're using another new card pack this week. This one is called Mindful Reminders, 52 Powerful Practices for Teens and Adults. It's by Dr. Chris Willard and Mitch Alblett, also a doctor. So thank you to them for this, for this card pack. Here you can, you can hear it. So today's card says, wait for it. <laughs> Hamilton fans out there. Waiting, question mark, in line for a friend for an appointment for a meeting to begin. Put away your phone and just take in your surroundings. That's a great tip. <laughs> and that's one that I really struggle with. I hate waiting, you know, even if it's like a minute. I'm just like, ugh. And I think it's because there's this sense of like, <laughs> I mean, this is so stupid, but there's this sense of like, I, I shouldn't be alive today, right? I talk about that a lot. Like, you know, everything I went through when you attempt suicide twice in two days, when you overdose, like you're not, you're not supposed to make it. The odds are very strong against you, but I'm still here. And so now I'm like, I don't want to waste any time, you know? And I'm, that's a problem sometimes because it means that I'm much quicker to pull the trigger and just be like, screw it and move on when I shouldn't. And nowhere is that more clear than waiting for things. I just hate it. But that's a good tip. And that's one that I should be more... I should do more. I should work on because that's, that's a really important uh, aspect of life is waiting well because we wait a lot. We do. And, and, and when you do it poorly, it just stresses you out. So definitely going to work on that. And I think a part of that uh, is, is, is your, your good egg for today. And that is being a good neighbor, a good community member. You know, my wife and I just moved into our new place in Philadelphia in a community that is sort of, I don't want to say divided, that's not the right word, but there is a division between those who have been here a long time and a force of gentrification. And it's not the traditional sort of all white people and all black, like that's not, that's not what it is. It's just, there are definitely people who have been here very short term and some people who have been here a long time and they have different ideas on what this neighborhood should be. And one of the things my wife and I pledged when we moved here is that we were going to be positive forces to the neighborhood. That meant not being like, you know, it, it, it meant not driving change, instead helping to build, if that makes sense. And something, you know, we, we've, we're going to do a good job of helping pick up trash. And there's a, a neighborhood community um, garden that you know, my wife wants to get involved and just stuff like that, where it's like, we want to make sure that we are positive forces here and not negatives. And that means even if we don't love something, but it's a, it's a part of the community, then, then being a, a part of protecting that, you know, and 
sometimes that means, you know, waiting and, and not getting exactly what we want, but that's okay. And not only that, it's, it's a good thing at times because it's not all about what, <laughs> what we want, you know, and overall in the, in the, the grand scheme of things, oftentimes what those of us who are new want isn't right. You know, it's, it, especially if we don't understand the full scenario yet. And like I said, I've been here a week, so clearly if I wanted something to change, I wouldn't, I don't deserve that to be the case. I just got here. So I think that all comes in together. And and so what your good egg is, is be a good neighbor, you know, listen to someone else's opinion, even just stop and say hi to someone that you see every day, whether they are homeless or, you know, a member of your, of your community that you normally shun, take a moment to acknowledge them and, and recognize that they are also a part of your community. So that's your good egg. But above all else, as always, be vulnerable, show your empathy, spread your love, and choose your struggle.